Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Dr. Jessica Wright, owner of Rejuvenate Austin. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Tiersch, and we have Dr. Jessica Wright back on the podcast. This is your second time on the podcast. The first time was, it was great. For those of you who didn't hear it, you should go back and check it out. It's uh, all about your journey from being a trauma surgeon um, in New Orleans and going through all sorts of crazy um, stuff there to becoming a med spa owner and and how you got there. But what we're going to talk about this time is this is uh, part two of our kind of mini series where we're, we're talking to folks about how to deal with um, disasters um, or or events that that that, that come along that, that really adversely impact um, the med spa. Obviously, we've all been dealing with the, the pandemic, but this is a little bit different. What we're talking about, what we're talking about here is we, um, in, in in the first um, session we had uh, Maria Puya who talked about. Uh, unfortunately, she had a fire destroy one of her locations completely. Um, um, I thought of you, uh, Jessica, because I know you're in Austin and you're running a kick-ass med spa down there. You've had to deal with the pandemic. No, of course, you've, you've had to deal with the pandemic, all sorts of, of, of things. And then as we start to come out of this, the state, the great state of Texas had the, the unfortunate um, circumstances to get hit with, hit with that massive um, winter freeze that I know just basically crippled your entire power grid. And it caused all sorts of power outages, flooding, um, water shortages. I mean, it just looked like a complete mess. And, and you it were in the was, middle of that. It was a mess. And we, we lovingly nicknamed it Snowmageddon. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, you, but you're, and, and I know Austin appeared to be, from what I saw, was kind of in the epicenter of it. It really seemed to get like a, a big brunt of it. Tell me um, what happened with your med spa, what you went through, and, um, and, and then we'll just go from there and, and talk about kind of what, you know, what some of the lessons are that you learned. And, and so hopefully folks can be better prepared if it, God forbid, happens to them. And, and I think being prepared is such a key point to this because we, we actually had a little warm-up um, episode where we had to close the office for an entire week. One of my front desk gals came down with the coronavirus, and of mm-hmm. course, I closed the office, had everyone tested with the PCR testing, and, you know, that takes a while. We waited yeah. till after the incubation period. It wound up being, you know, the two weekends and the week, the work week where we were closed. Um, so being prepared for that yeah, kind of taught me how, and I was prepared. I had a little nest egg. You know, there's certain things you have to have in place. Um, but we had electricity, you know, the right. Botox was in the freezer, nice yeah. and safe. So when Snowmageddon came through, we, it was a totally different experience because right. we lost water. We lost power. Um, you, I didn't know if the Botox in the freezer, what temperature did it get? Those are questions that are just really hard to answer Yeah, because there's probably a moment when the power goes out that the the building retains some heat. Right. Um, and is that Botox safe to use? Is it even going to be efficacious? So there were all these questions that we had to answer quickly. Um, so yeah. I had a decent protocol in place for closures, right? right? So I was able to use that. And I encourage 
anyone listening to this, think about if someone walked up to you, it may be kind of, it may sound kind of far-fetched, but yeah. trust me, it can happen. Yeah. If someone walked up to you and said, I'm going to close your office for a whole week, what right. do you need to do to make sure your business can handle that? financially, um, kind of with operations, everything. What do you need to do to make sure a week-long closure doesn't affect your business negatively? So I I had the warm-up run, (laughs) which is when um, one of my staff came down with coronavirus, but doing it again with no electricity and no water was real. it was challenging. Yeah, I I, I would say so because it it, it creates a totally different dynamic, right? Because you've got, did you have power like at your, at, at your home or was it pretty much the entire city was, was, was out of power, right? Wasn't it? So the, they were rolling part of the grid, which okay. didn't work out because what happened when people had their power turned off, it never came back on. So the concept of rolling the grid was a good one. It just, it, they didn't pull it off. They actually didn't have enough energy to even do that. Okay. Um, but my my house had power on and off. Okay. The office had no power. It it went off sometime Monday night and it didn't come on for close to a week. Wow. Um I'm a pretty, you know, paranoid OCD injector. So yeah. of course, I took what product we had. Now leading up to the storm, we didn't order a lot. We ordered what we needed just for the next day. And we didn't really have a lot of surplus. So thank goodness I didn't have a lot of Botox in the freezer, a lot of Dysport. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, what we lost, I kept track of. I reached out to my reps. My uh, Galderma rep was great. She replaced the Dysport. The Botox did not get replaced. That was somewhat disappointing. But again factoring all this in to a plan, you know, you need to know which um, companies are going to be good about that, which aren't when you're creating this plan. And I think the biggest piece of it, if your business is closed for a week, what is your nest day? What, how much money do you need right. in your savings to make sure that right. your employees aren't negatively impacted. Right. And so I think kind of figuring that out is key to yeah. riding through this. And and at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do. The power's out, water's off, or you're closed for coronavirus, whatever. Yeah. You know, at that point, it's out of your hands. So I think staying super positive and thinking, okay, I have nothing but time right now. So I need to at least create an email blast if you have internet. If you don't, do it on a, do it with a pen and paper. Come up with ideas. Um, brainstorm a social media plan. You know, I think doing something yeah. that keeps you positive and maybe even saves time when you get back into the office, I think that's really key. Yeah. So, so let, uh, let me ask you this: When when the the storm was coming, and and I know um, there was a little bit of advance notice of the fact there was going to be some bad weather. I don't think anyone yes. could have anticipated this. Had you taken the time already to to reschedule folks? Or I, I'm sure you hadn't just yes. kind of cleared your books for the whole week, though, had you? Because what what I'm thinking is power's out. How do you even access? your lists and your scheduling and, and all that to, to and, and then let alone, you know, phones and all that to just call people. I mean, that must've just been kind of a, 
a scramble to get everyone notified as to what was going on. Now, I figure everyone must have known because they're all probably fairly close. But what, what was that like? Yes. Yes. So we actually called patients. I figured by um, Friday morning, I mean, we were already have experiencing some somewhat bad weather for Austin. And so I, um, my nurse was calling me Friday because I wasn't going into the office. We had a very limited schedule and she was already telling me, you know, people are starting to panic. They have yeah. a few roads that are closing. So I sent laptops home with my admin um, team and had them start calling patients. And I just prophylactically, because what you don't want to do is scramble at the last minute. Yeah. So I decided we're going to be closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It, I, I thought that Wednesday would have been doable, but I, I thought let's go ahead and oh, okay. not see patients that day. So if we are closed Monday, Tuesday, at least we have a day to get the office back in order, order product, do those sorts of things. Well, then it turned out we didn't have power. So um, we were able to get on Instagram and post that okay. we were going to be closed. At, once I figured out that we were not opening on Wednesday, we started posting um, on social media and then we were able to get at least text messages or emails out to the patients because um, people were charging their phones and devices yeah. in their cars. And it, yeah. just, it, it did work out. It worked out. But you know, you don't want to close when you could be there making money. But at the same time, you want to have a nice, smooth plan for the sanity of your employees. Yeah. Quite frankly, um, so th that that was the that was the real challenge for me because I like things really planned. And yeah. you know, it was we were getting close to it was Tuesday, and everyone's charging computers, laptops, and. Um, their yeah. iPads and phones and such in their cars. Yep. And that's how we were communicating. So it, it, it yeah. really, it, it was just, it was crazy. That I still is, look back on it and think, how did this, how did this happen? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, all right. So that, I mean, so it sounds like, so you, you had, you had actually closed your, your, your location for the three days kind of anyway, in anticipation of that. And then you had, so it really was two days that you were truly, unanticipated where you were closed. Um, but I mean, completely, completely right. And, and um, my, like, what's the looking back on it, it's got to be kind of a surreal experience because enough time has passed and now it's warm out and you're kind of, you know, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, what do you remember being your biggest kind of stressor uh, during that time? What was the one thing you were most worried about with respect to your business? Well, I kept thinking, you know, the, we have this um, back room where the washer and dryer is and a utility sink. And that room has large metal doors that exit to the parking garage. And there's only, there's a gap. And I kept thinking, I'm going to change those doors out. I don't know what I want. And I was sort of shopping different doors, taking my sweet time. Mm -hmm. And I really regretted that because I kept thinking all that cold is going to come in and there's no way those pipes are going to make it. I was just sure when it thawed out, we yeah. were going to have water everywhere and oh. major damage. And I wondered, is that going to cause mold? Are we going to get sick? Like my brain was going <laughs> to town. I mean, yeah. I was thinking about what's going to happen a week, what's going to happen in a month and how's this going to impact seeing patients. And 
So I was just certain that was going to happen. And so when we got back in the office and there was no water on, like they turned the water back on. I can't remember if it's Thursday or Friday. I think it was Friday. And, you know, the weather had warmed up. Mm -hmm. The pipes had thawed. Water was back on. And I'm just staring at the sheetrock in disbelief that (laughs) there's no leak. I just couldn't get my head around it. So I, you know, I was yeah. very, very uh, thankful. Yeah, I had a lot of gratitude at that point. Like, you know, this could have, I expected it to be so much worse. And then in the building that we're in, the building's new. We had several pipes rupture within yeah. the building and they were on the other side of the building. And I just, you know, I think sometimes it's better to be lucky than yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of, so it it almost, it sounds like it could have been a lot worse for you. And so all things considered, you know, you probably look at yourself as, as fortunate and and, and lucky, even though you lost a whole week. And I, I, I'm curious, does that, does that, is, is this the kind of thing that you can submit to insurance to have the whole week of business losses? Is that something people are dealing with right now in, 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 in the industry? I have not heard of anyone doing that. Um, and I, I thought about it. My my PA and I were talking about it for a couple of days. And yeah. quite honestly, in good faith, um, I opted not to explore that because in the two weeks, all the patients that we rescheduled, I extended my hours, my PA extended her hours, my nurse extended hers as well. Mm-hmm. And we got all those patients in within two weeks. Gotcha. It was a little intense. We were a little tired, but yeah. I mean, we we made it work. So if you look at our income over the month, it was fine. Okay. We saw all those patients. We got all those bookings. So that's great. Yeah, so, I didn't. Yeah, it, it worked out because we have such a strong team. You went and, through, and that's another piece to being prepared is having the right team. Yeah, and so you, it it it's almost like the, I mean the certainly the pandemic gave. I mean, we were all closed, right? So everyone was closed for a period of time. And, and, and but th- it's definitely different when it comes to getting closed kind of without any, it, it, when you're just kind of by yourself, you're closed, but then other folks in other parts of the country are still open. Um, when you were closed for um, the member of your team that had the coronavirus, though, that did in some ways kind of get you prepped for what to do. Um, and so was that kind of a help? I hate to call it an exercise because it was real, but was that was that helpful um, in in getting you ready for for when the um, the, the power went off? A- absolutely, one hundred percent. And and that one, you know, I had electricity and I had internet, so I was able to do things like prepare an right. email um, campaign and prepare those sort of things ahead of time. So that one was very helpful. Um, I also think both of those two exercises, if we'll call them that, they both taught me how important a nest egg is mm-hmm. and what that number needs to be to operate a business successfully through a closure. Um, because I think, you know, there some businesses seem to thrive yeah. through these things. And mine did. Mine thrived after um, the, the, the lock the quarantine one year ago, we came back stronger than ever. And, you know, it's never let up. We just keep gaining momentum. And I've really thought about this over the year, like what 
did I do to set myself up for success? Yeah. And I think having a very um, authentic message with the people that are following you, I think having a very strong social media presence and not necessarily, I think I mentioned this last time, not necessarily with the number of followers, but more with your engagement. Mm-hmm. How much engagement do you have from your social media outlets? And I think high engagement with your followers and they, they're really listening to what you're saying, listening to your messaging. And I think that's how you keep them interested through holidays and closures and all those sorts of things. And that's how you remain relevant in their minds. So when yep. everything opens up again, they're at your doorstep. Yep. I think that that was key. So a couple um, follow-ups um, that, that, that I, that I, that I thought of when you were talking first, um, when you mentioned kind of the the nest egg, or it's more like a it's more like a disaster fund, right? And and and, exactly. and when you talk with financial planners, they always mention this. They say you need to have six months of savings or whatever it is saved up just in case something happens. And and you know it's always kind of like yeah 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 I get it. Maybe I'll have a little bit, but truly that's not going to happen. Now the, <laughs> this year comes and you've already had this happened a couple times to you. Exactly. When you go back and, 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 and for folks that are listening, um, because it's not, it's not always, it's not always easy. It's easy to say, okay, I'm going to have a, a disaster fund right. saved up. It's, it's another thing to actually do it. How much should you realistically have? I mean, it, a, a week might be enough for you in this situation, but there were other places in Texas that were closed for far longer than a week. Um, they just didn't have electricity for even longer than that. I mean, how, how did you go back and figure that out? If you can share as much as possible, how much you needed was it? Because you're, I mean, uh, for, for a spot like yours, a med spot like yours, a, a week's worth of revenue is, can be substantial and, and, exactly. and, and that can add up. So how do you go about figuring out what that is and, and how long should folks plan for? So I think they, I think saving as much as possible, but you have like for new med spas, you have to manage your profit margin or you're not going to have any to save. Right. Right. So kind of nailing down that profit margin and really making sure that the business is not only making money, but the business has some leftover every single. So I kind of look at everything on my pay periods, right. When I run payroll, Um, so every two weeks I'm looking at how much has the business made? Cause if you wait and just look every month, things can get out of hand, budget can get out of hand. So really staying on top of your budget, staying on top of your profit margin. And sometimes that means you're not going to sell Botox for $10 a unit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that means that you need a different strategy, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's so difficult to say, I mean, as much as possible, but I think the bare bone minimum, you need two weeks of operating expenses that's set aside. Right. And like you just mentioned, for some businesses, it's even more. Um, the good news is when you shut your doors, you're not buying Botox. There's a lot of those operating expenses that go away, but there are a lot that stay like rent and laser payments. Yep. So, you know, Another piece to this is even if you can afford that new laser, even if you feel like you can budget it, you might want to think, okay, is it is the amount of money that it's going to bring in going to offset the cost in mm-hmm. the event of a closure? Mm-hmm. So I think really mm-hmm. looking at technologies like that and, and 
thinking about them a little more critically because when I was new in business, I definitely would bite a little more frequently on the newest and latest yeah. this and that. Yeah. And, um, and you know, what I learned was that cool sculpting works, radio frequency doesn't work as well. And I wish I had just invested in the cool sculpting, but that's, those are hard lessons to learn. And I think I, again, was very lucky and fortunate that I learned those when we had no closures. Right, right. <laughs> and we didn't have coronavirus. We didn't have snowmageddon. So I had that, I had that knowledge from the beginning of my business. And I, I'm, again, I have a lot of gratitude for yeah. that. Um, yep. So moving uh, forward, we're going to, med spa owners are going to have to be very careful with profit margins, more careful than ever, because we, you, you just don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. I, I mean, for, for, for startups and we always, it's, it's so interesting because we always teach this in our, um, med spa boot camps that we do when we talk about financials it's always you know when you're looking at your startup costs and your operating budgets um you know how much do you need to have kind of in the kitty just to make sure that you're 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 stable and if god forbid something does happen you can survive it because in situations like this the pandemic is is the best example it's just about survival you have to get through it you have to be able to to pay your bills pay your employees um and 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 continue to survive um it's always these these lessons in the abstract are always very very difficult to 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 teach because it doesn't happen very often it can go i mean you can have a business go its entire life cycle and never get shut down and then you can have another one like yours or um the uh, the the earlier guest who 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 has it happen two three four times in a particular you know within a quarter and those are the kinds of things you can just never prepare for um but the one thing that we know is that when you need cash, someone had told me this one time and it's a great lesson. It's like when cash is needed, nothing else will do, right? So you, if the only way you can prepare for that is if you have cash saved up somehow. If, you, if you've got a, 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 an account or a little savings pile where, where you know you can, you can dip into it if, if needed. It's just such an important lesson. And, and when you talk to when something like this happens with, with you, it's, it's, it, it kind of all comes to bear, but it, it, it's it's really hard to conceptualize until it's ready. I mean, you must be very thankful that you had that 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 amount of money ready to go and be able to survive. I, I really did, and honestly, it was my husband encouraged me to do that. Um, you know, I I was a med spa owner ten years ago that wasn't thinking about that as much. So, so I'm just so happy yeah. that that didn't happen then. It would have been devastating. Yeah. Um, but look, slow, slowly but surely, I made that a priority. I managed my profit margins. I really got on top of my budget, so there was money left over to continue to save. And it, I'm, I can't tell you how thankful I am. That's, I did that. That's amazing. Good for you, and congrats on being able to get through it. I mean, that's a scary time. Um, what, uh, what other, uh, if, if any, um, kind of lessons, uh, did you have for, for folks that, that, that you've learned as a result? Of, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we always, um, people tend to learn more in the bad times than the good times. Um, so what's, what's kind of, uh, what are some other takeaways if, if you have any others? Well, and, um, Without giving too much information, uh, I will say that these sorts of events, every time we've had one, it has shaken my, my, I guess my office staff will 
they'll sort of fall on one side of the line or other. There'll be strong and get through it and rally together as a team member. And sometimes you have one or two um, staff members that sort of, they just don't rally as a team or, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't handle the stress as well. And so it's really important when you're hiring Mm -hmm. to hire people who have a strong constitution and people who really believe in your brand and who, you know, you really get that sense that they're going to rally behind you when it hits the fan because it does, Mm -hmm. it happens. And so you want to make sure that you have team players and employees because sometimes you'll have these high producing um, providers that are just superstars, but they're not a team player or you have an admin talent that's just good at all these amazing creative things, but that person's not a team player. So in these moments, you have to have team players. Yeah. So that is a quality in the people that you're hiring that you should not underestimate. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that you say that because it's this exact same message that we had from Maria Puya, who who with with the uh, the fire at her med spa. I mean, it, she mentioned the your team and then. The, the training that you do um, when it comes to how you treat your your customer base right because the fact of the matter is if you're if you if you're if you provide good service and a good product and and you're nice to people and people like you your customer base will rally around you also when something bad happens absolutely so, so absolutely. it's kind of like all this stuff builds on itself and it, and it comes to a point where when you need all of this kind of built up capital in terms of actual cash and then training and how well you've treated people it all kind of comes to play in 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 in, in one lump sum is is that right does that, does that make sense to you absolutely absolutely and those team bonding experiences um doing yoga together, going to happy hour together, you know, making staff meetings really fun. Those bonding experiences are so important because you rally together a lot better after those. You understand each other. Um, I just think all of that is so important. And staying not only in front of your followers, but staying in front of your employees with your message. And, you know, I, I, I love staff meetings. I think having a staff meeting, refreshing everyone, how we handle things. It does sound a little broken record sometimes, but I think Mm -hmm. it's very reassuring to employees when they know exactly what's expected of them. They know exactly, you know, how to handle an upset patient or how to handle a a concern, a medical concern. I think reminders are wonderful, especially if they're done in the right way. Yeah. And yeah, I think all of that comes together because we did have a lot of support from our followers and from our patients. Um, We had a lot um, of reschedules. The the schedule got very messy and they they were fine with it. You know, they knew it was a temporary situation and they were very understanding. So yeah, it all came together and I'm, I'm really pleased and happy. And I have new fresh ideas with kind of protocols and scheduling and we're hiring new, we're hiring another, um, we're hiring a nurse practitioner and another nurse and I'm training them together and just getting more hands on deck and that's, that's getting better and better at, understanding what qualities I want. These two gals have no aesthetic experience, which 
but they're the right personality. Yeah, that's interesting. And is that is that yeah. your preference? I can't remember if we talked about this in our first podcast. But when you hire someone, are you do you generally look for folks without the experience? I've heard from a lot of successful med spa owners they they prefer that to someone who's got yeah. experience. Okay, I'm going to be honest, and this is probably I may have a little bias here. I love hiring ICU nurses. Mm. You know, they are interesting, really well trained. Okay, um, nothing rattles them. Nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially mm-hmm. your trauma or neuro ICU. Nothing rattles them, and. I do find that um, well-educated, well-trained individuals are easy to train in aesthetics and they're not bringing any bad habits mm-hmm. from other med spas. Some of your seasoned veteran um, injectors are very difficult to lead because there are certain things I'm like, no, I don't, I'm not signing off on that. I don't want to do that. And they'll kind of give you a lot of pushback because, well, I've done this for 10 years. Well, so that you avoid all of that. Now, the learning curve is a little more painful for someone like me that's the only medical director. I will solely be responsible for training these gals. And yeah, that's going to take a lot of time and energy on my part. But it's well worth it. You put it all in, in that training period, and then they, they inject and treat exactly the way I do. Mm-hmm. So on the back end, it's less work. Right. It's, that's so interesting. So I, yeah. I see you nurses, um, do, is this the kind of, and I'm not looking for you to share your, <laughs> disclose your secrets, but like, is this the kind of thing where, um, like when, when you're looking for folks to, to join your team and you see somebody who has experience as an ICU nurse, you're like, you just jump in and say, this is the person that I want to look at yes. further. Okay. Yes. Okay. Or yes. are you actively they going in? They have good in? hands. Okay. They're used to procedures. They yeah. can start an IV on anyone. So let's say they're doing a vampire facial or vampire right. face. They're not coming to get me because the patient's a hard stick. They're going right. to get it because they're used to patients that are hard sticks. You know, it's just, it's such a different, and they're not really intimidated. They have a healthy um, respect for anatomy, mm-hmm. but they're not intimidated by learning filler. And yes, the ICU is an absolute wonderful place to look for injectors. Interesting. They learn quickly. Yeah. They've, their knowledge base is already so broad. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this is an, I mean, anybody listening, you're thinking, you know, I'd re-. the other thing is they're with tips and such. You, you get a new nurse, you know, you can scale the pay. You can start it right. um, lower and do an every three to six month kind of stair step pay. Yeah. And that way, as they're getting more experience, then they're getting paid more. So right. during that kind of the learning phase, which is a little painful for the teacher, yeah, that you <laughs> yeah. know they're making less, but I'm teaching more. Right. And then as they get more independent, they make more, and yeah, so it it works out nicely. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, that's a whole conversation unto itself that I think we should, you know, dive into more um, on, on, on another episode. Cause I think the, the whole, you're trying to find qualified injectors is something that everyone is struggling with right now. Um, yeah. And, 
uh, because there's just there, there's you know there's so much demand and and really I think what what the most successful folks are doing is exactly what you're doing are finding folks who have the right kind of foundation and then teaching. Um, yes. So, um, but you've been through a lot. So I I mean I hate to say congratulations because I know it's been difficult, but like you really have kind of you've you've been through so much and you've kind of come out on the other side of it. Things are great. So I mean, um, congratulations on on the success. Thank you. It sounds like it, you know. It's it's weird to say that, you know, when you've been closed and you've had pandemics and power outages and coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, but you've you've managed to come out on the other side. I, I you know, I have and I'm so thankful and I'm thankful for the mentorship that, you know, my husband gives me, my parents give me and I have a whole team you know on on the home front rallying and helping and it's it's just I've learned so much in the last three years. It's been, it's been an abs- It's been a wonderful experience, and I'm really. I have a ton of gratitude, and I'm really thankful that awesome. we fared so well through everything that's happened lately. Well, it's I, again. Thanks so much for, for for coming on. Where can folks, if they wanna, if they wanna find you on Instagram or or the internet, or if they wanna, you know, email questions, where can folks find you? Absolutely. So our website's rejuvenateaustin.com, but it's super easy to reach me on Instagram. You can message my account or the business account. The business account is at rejuvenateaustin, and my account is at Dr. Jessica Wright. I'm happy to answer questions on either account um, and ask me anything. I'll be very forthcoming. I hope I can help. Yeah, you always have been. And that's very, I'm very appreciative. It, it it always helps. And that's one thing about this industry that I just love is everyone seems to be very, very willing to help one another, which I think is refreshing. Um, and so, yeah, uh, again, I hopefully we, we won't be talking in the next two weeks about another um, incident that's come up and we'll be able to, you'll be able to operate for six months without having to shut down. But um, again, thanks oh, so much for coming so. on and uh, we'll catch up to you soon. Great. Thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate it and enjoyed speaking with you today. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Dr. Jessica Wright, owner of Rejuvenate Austin. If you're new with us, we'd love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get AmSpa content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.